welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to take a look at Pete Tong with his IB for Classics tour. Now, this is going to be an interesting one because I'm in a lot in the dark about this because I wasn't here for the getting. They had a whole day to uh, do the build, and it's now the following day, which is show day. They're currently still programming, so I can't exactly see what's, what lights they got because it's pretty dark other than the lights that are being used and being programmed at the moment. It's Natrox show. They have their own stage, which is on uh, four different tiers. And I'm assuming that the top tier, which is just a small platform, is going to be Pete Tong's DJ platform, more likely. And then obviously he'll come down the stage. You've got different parts of the orchestra. Yes, there is a full-blown orchestra here as well. So different sections of the orchestra, stage left, stage right, and on the different tiers. And that's all built. It's all ready to go. Even the instruments are there, just uh, getting acclimatized to the temperature of the arena. Anyways, currently you have on the line arrays, you got 10 deep and two wide. And then you've got the subs that are flown slightly uh, up, slightly set further back. And then you've also got a smaller set of uh, line arrays set a little bit back, 45 degrees outward. So standard practice with the uh, flown subs that is. And you've got a, a row of subs at the front of the stage as well. You have two screens, uh, stage left and stage right, which are projections. And I'm not sure if the three screens sections at the back of the stage are a LED screen or a projection screen because yet again it is too dark and they've not got anything shining through them at present. They brought their own mojo barrier and that's also for the same that's also the same mojo barrier around the mixer at the back of the stage. There's also a semi-seated show so you've got four bays of seats out which are the uh, tiered ones which fold up and you've also got a load of dance floor so it's big it's a big show and that's pretty much all I can tell you from the build but a lot of it I'm going to be pleasantly surprised through the night and it's going to be completely new on me although currently I believe they're at tone they're tuning up the uh, LED Robo spots which are on the front of the house bar as they're just um, they're just working out how to coordinate best as they are following people on the stage at the moment. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts, but we also have a series of books. The first book is actually two books, it's volume one and volume two, of a tribute to working at sea. The best fiction is based on truth. This is a compilation of short stories, rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship. Some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated, whilst other stories are pure fiction. The title of the book, A Tribute To, is fitting with the tone of the book because like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax 
and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle and the links for all these books are in the description below. So Pete Tong, MBE, born 30th July 1960, is an English DJ who works for BBC Radio 1. He, he is the host of programmes such as Essential Mix and Essential Selection on the radio service, which can be heard through internet radio streams for his record label FFRR Records and for his own performances at nightclubs and music festivals. Tong has also worked as a record producer and is regarded as, as a global ambassador for electronic music. The phrase, it's all gone Pete Tong, where the name was used as rhyming saying for a bit wrong, was reputedly coined by Paul Oakenfield in late 1987 in an article about Acid House called Baron's He Goes Balearic for Terry Farley and Pete Heller's Boyzone fanzine. It's all gone Pete Tong is also the title for a 2004 film which portrays the fictional DJ experiences as he realises he is becoming deaf. Tong appears briefly in the film. It is also the name Tong adopted for his club night at the nightclub Pasha in Ibiza and is and his nightly radio program in the United States on iHeartRadio's Evolution EDM format platform. In 2008 Tong was involved with organizing the International Music Summit in Ibiza an event that has become an annual fixture. The 2016 summit was held during the 25th and the 27th of May. In 2017, Tong won Radio Show of the Year at the Electronic Music Awards for the Essential Collection. Tong was born in Dartford in Kent in 1960 and was educated at King's School, Rochester, Kent. Tong is a supporter of Arsenal Football Club. Tong's original musical interest it was in drumming, but he soon moved into DJing. He played his first public gig at a friend's wedding at the age of 15. Whilst at school, he and a couple of friends earned some extra money by promoting a couple of local bands and booking halls for gigs. He also worked as part of the Kent Soul Mafia, bringing soul weekenders to seaside towns such as Castor on Sea and Prestonen. Tong was heavily influenced by the late DJ Froggy in his early years. Initially, after leaving school, Tong set up a mobile disco based in, in a Ford Transit van, but soon started his own club in Baker Street called Family Function. He also booked bands for alternative nights, the first of which was the then unknown Culture Club. Tong originally performed as a DJ using the name Kickstart Roadshow and then later OHMS Roadshow Ohms Roadshow with an extensive sound system. He later became DJ and promoter at King's Lodge Club in West Kingsdown, later moving venue to Hilltop, also in West Kingsdown. He was responsible for breaking classics such as Lone Liston Smith's Expansions and Richie Cole's Grooving on a New York Afternoon. In 1979, Tom became an advertising sales assistant for Blues and Soul magazine. After a year, he also contributed some reviews, gossip and sales charts which continued until 1983. He left Blues and Soul to join London Records as an A&R manager. Through his connections in London Records, Tom was exposed to the newly emerging house music sound from Chicago. In 1986, Tom organised a compilation album, The House Sound of Chicago Volume 1, the first British release to gather and expose this genre. 
Tong is one of Britain's most recognised DJs, having gained a large following of fans from his Essential Selection program. He was, where he was appointed a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire in the ninth, in the 2014 New Year's Honours for services to broadcasting and music, which is MBE. From 2003 to 2007, Tong was the resident DJ at Passion Nightclub in Ibiza, where he oversaw Pure Pasha events. In 2008, Tong left Pasha and signed with Eden Nightclub in St. Anthony de Portmay to host his own Wonderland night. Tong explained in a 2009 interview that he, from the UK perspective, he was played in Ibiza since its inception in 1991 and as of the as of the time of the interview, divided his time between the UK, Ibiza and US. In March 2011, he announced that he would be returning to Pasha on Friday nights with a new event named All Gone Pete Tong. Tong played the Together Winter Music Festival in London, UK, at Alexander Palace in November 2011. He appeared in the 2006 Grammys-nominated documentary film about American DJ and producer Steve Akoi, titled I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. Tong has returned to DJ in his native Kent several times in his professional career, including several stints in the loft in Maidstone. Additionally, Tong hosts a pool party each year during Miami Music Week at one of the hotels in South Beach. In 2018, Tong was joined by Idris Elba, the Black Madonna, Black Coffee and the Martinez brothers, among others. Alright, now we've heard a little bit about Pete Tong himself. We're just going to wait on the show since it's all complete. We'll be back after this. The World Carnarvon Crescent by Paul Collis from Master X Media. When a neighbourhood dispute explodes into an all out war. So, Chaz Bruford, his wife Ellie, and their young daughter Aurora move into Carnarvon Crescent. They soon become aware of the troublesome next door neighbour who makes a point of living in her house for over 50 years. From the moment Chaz arrived and began to unload, his new neighbour takes an instant dislike into him and she goes out of her way to make Chaz and his family feel unwelcome. The aminosity quickly spirals out of control from both parties and the mutual respect gets lowered right into the gutter from the outset. Chaz comes to realise that this is not just any war. It is a neighbourhood war to end all wars. This book is available to buy on Amazon and this book is available on hardback, paperback and Kindle. This book is pure fiction and should not be used as a user manual. And we're back so... The orchestra walks on and once they were in position the lights went down and Pete Tong came on from stage left and went centre stage to the top tier. And this is all during the backup where you could see him walk across and go up and whatnot into position. If you were very observant I, sh- I may add. Anyways I digress. So Pete Tong started the music with a nice bang and um, at the same time the VT started and on the VT you had a dancing red and blue hand which then eventually zoomed out to the actual dancer dressed in blue and red and a few purples and pinks for good measure and the lights were all flat wall strobing red and white bit of purple in there as well 
and that first song the opening song was rhythm is a dancer a great great song to open up the set with right so because we didn't get to see the uh installation i didn't know what kit was up on the stage uh, lighting wise so i'm going to explain that as this uh section of podcast goes on so every tier of the stage because the two the stage was in four different tiers the trim was an led panel and so stage left and stage right you had the uh, band on those different tiers and then you had a staircase in the middle so you had a nice big chunky panel on the band section stage left and stage right of leds and on the actual treads going up you had an, a smaller led strip on the edge of each uh, tread and yeah it looked really good nice high quality leds which could not only uh, scroll color change they strobed as well and yeah it was a great a great effect and those were on throughout the whole show and they're either on static or they're chasing or they're flashing or they're strobing depending on the different part of the song so it was programmed to be very intuitive everything would uh, react to the music so if the uh, beat was to go ding 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 the tier leds would follow those uh, that exact rhythm whilst the the LED strobe flood units would react to a different part of the song and then you'd have the uh, LED uh, profile units reacting to yet again another part of the song so it would all come together every part every bank of lights would react differently to different parts of the music and that was great it was a massive evolution from song to song there was no repetition because I don't think they could even recreate it from show to show they would have just programmed in uh, the type of the type of lights to follow certain beats and whatnot and then and freestyle the lights but in a general way so you have to be what is considered a light jockey rather than a lighting uh, engineer because you would know how to do it from in the same way as uh, lighting in a nightclub and that's exactly how it was lit from start to finish as though it was a giant nightclub not only was the orchestra and Pete Tong and the singers lit up from the various different uh, washes that are on stage to the front of the house units to give a bit of face light but the whole audience was lit as well because it was lit to be a nightclub looks great looks really great also lx1 2 and 3 were so close to each other for a specific reason and and i'll go into that in a second and all those three lighting bars were so far upstage because the height of the stage now why were they close together because because the height of the stage at the top part they wanted to get the very steep beam angles for the lights that would actually light on the stage and then and then because they're so far back and so high up they got enough throw to uh, cover the entire audience from audience sweeping to uh, stage scanning the uh, lights were very versatile in their positions and then also you had a load of units that were stage left and stage right on uh, three tier ladders so these ladders weren't actually made out of Lola or uh, clamps and whatnot. They were basically three trusses all slung off the next one. So you basically you're sharing the same load from the uh, motor hoist, but just one bar after, under the other, under the other on span sets or slings. Hence why I said slung. And there was five units on each t- each ladder rung, 
which were predominantly used to light to sidelight the orchestra and sweep into the audience at certain parts of the show and from start to finish the lighting was a was a massive evolution and it was great to see it's been a long time since i've seen three starred lights like that that looked absolutely tasty and professional very long time but this lighting engineer was great and was definitely definitely on the pulse especially when the lasers come out as well so yes there were lasers you had uh, the led strobe floods at the front of the stage and uh, next to each one of those units was a laser unit they buddied up lovely so if the lasers were on then the led strobe floods went on and then they just alternate and then also same with the uh, lx1 2 and 3 those units you had an alternation from each bar to be led strobe flood to uh, profile strobe flood to profile strobe flood to profile and so on and so forth and that went all the way back so you'd have a nice seamless jump between two different lighting states instantly for uh, massive lighting effects as though it's a nightclub and you'd get maximum impact at all times brilliant brilliant setup now sound wise it wasn't overpowering at all they had a really powerful pa system but they didn't overdrive it so you could hear a lot of clarity and when i say clarity we were definitely on the platinum quality sound everything was clear you could hear every single instrument in that orchestra they uh, the for example downstage left you had on the first tier five or six i think it was six actually uh violins and then you could hear every single violin on that it was brilliant it was very nice very clear sound very 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 clear sound and you could hear all the band, all the uh, aspects of the band every instrument every single instrument even if there was multiples you could hear every single one at different points during the show and absolute clarity you could if they uh, mic'd up a pin dropping you would hear it that's how clear that sound was and as i said it wasn't piercing volume it was a nice volume where you could uh, sing and dance and still hear the music now it was always a live camera feed on the stage left and stage right screens so you'd always see a close-up onto one of the many many instruments and then Pete song here and there as well but the main screen in the at the back the LED screen you would get a combination of the live v, the live camera feed and the sharp HD quality video sequences as well so very full out very very full out and then especially when they vision mix the two together so it was it was a great visual experience to see last night really good and then disaster happened and what was this disaster well there was a uh, electric storm happening directly above us and one of our power relays got struck by lightning so unfortunately for a little bit of time we lost power to the video and part of the PA system but like true professionals you had engineers working tirelessly to restore the systems which were restored very very quickly within I would say within a uh, song they were fully restored within one song and 
the orchestra and Pete Tong continued until it was all restored. Even so, at one point you had all the uh, screens trying to reset all the, uh, and even the servers resetting. So you had bits and pieces showing up on stage on the uh, on the side screens and the middle screen until it until it roared back into life. And then same with the PA. Uh, People slightly got used to uh, a lot of the punch getting taken out of the songs and then as soon as it came back, it was a big boom, you got all the sound back. Brilliant, brilliant set of professionalism there. A massive, massive display of how it's done. And like true, and like true troopers, no one stopped. We continued and the show remained uh, highly valued and prized. And it was great to see, great to see something like that, everyone coming together perfectly. Now from start to finish, Pete Tong played all the big songs from the late 1990s right through to uh, the 2010s. And as well as being a showman in his own right, Pete Tong was giving hand signals to the uh, band's conductor as well, you know, to cue him as well as well as sending the click track just to make sure everyone's on time so true professional just making sure that everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing and the whole show went seamless it was a great mix from the actual DJ decks orchestrated by Pete Tong to the actual orchestra itself and it worked really well they had a well rehearsed team and they were and it was a massively rehearsed uh, endeavor it had to have been they would have been practicing that entire set for uh, weeks beforehand before they even went out on tour pete tong and his conductor would have come up with what songs they're playing and the uh, scoring of it of the orchestra and it was a massive project that went that was executed incredibly well and how did the audience react well they were pete song and his orchestra were very well received by the audience as they were constantly dancing and not just dancing they were singing they were enjoying themselves they were acting like they were in a nightclub and put it this way a lot of the audience the youngest people would be in their, their early 40s the youngest people would be in their early 40s you might get the odd uh, mid uh, 30s there as well because they liked the music that was being played but you had people in there at 50s and even that early 60s there as well because of the time period you know it's a long time ago and the oldest people who would have been out clubbing when uh, the earliest songs come up would have been uh, in their 30s at that point so yeah it was great to see definitely great to hear as well and watching everyone enjoy themselves like this for a nice one-off uh, go from people who are pretty much retired from going to clubs and whatnot it was great to see if you like today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so why not check out more content from Master X Media by clicking the link in the description below and we shall catch you next time bye for now